0: and gentlemen welcome to source material my name is jesse starcher and this evening we have come together here to record ourselves and uh, yeah ourselves you you just missed sorry you just missed half hour of scheduling by Mark Radlich. Mark Radlich, are, are, we, are we ready to talk some comics now, as in, like, an actual comic book?
1: Would it make more sense to do Planet Savage on the 11th before Stop we review scheduling. 8 or re- before we I review mean, Jurassic World? I um,
2: dropped out for a second, and I come back to you <laughs> scheduling and it is a thing of nightmares I'm
1: just, uh, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if it makes better more better sense on the week that we're doing jurassic world i'll tell you what that make sense is that
2: sentence you just
0: i would pay off. i would pay money for like a a screenplay of a groundhog day-esque Movie where Ronnie Adams gets up every day and has to start hearing Mark <laughs> Rattling schedule something every day.
1: We, we need a T-shirt. Just, just it's just a picture of a calendar, and on it is this fear of the
2: schedule. On the back, rattle and broadcast. <laughs> the schedule. That's, that's perfect. Or just says, "Please stop." <laughs> For the love of God, stop,
0: uh, Ronnie. That's, Adam- a,
1: that's a Ronnie Adams T-shirt. Please stop,
0: <laughs> Ronnie Adams. I think we're done scheduling. I I think that it's time to discuss some comics. Are you ready, sir? Well, I've
2: been ready for 45
0: minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that. You knuckleheads
2: won't stop scheduling. I'm Uh, done now. God damn it. (laughs) Hey, hey.
0: (laughs) So, okay. Tonight, we're actually going to be covering a book that is – quite representative of the name source material. You know, this podcast and what we've usually tried to do here recently is we try to tie in these comics that may have influenced film. Well, if you have ever heard of the film 300, this is the book that that film was based off of. When it comes to film representation of what's happened in a comic, a lot of times what you're going to hear from, uh, well, just, I, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not degrading anybody when I say the nerd community, but I guess I should say the passionate, the passionate comic book community. Nerds. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, the fact they, didn't, they didn't stay true to the source material. Okay. Nerds. That's one of the, that's one of the many things.
1: Nerds. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: You hear that a lot. Well, there <laughs> are few comic book movies that, have taken what we've seen in the book and almost directly translated it to the screen. The Watchmen was, in my opinion, a pretty a pretty faithful representation of what we got in the book. There were some changes, but it was, it was, it had that feel for me. And we discussed that. You can go back in the archives. As a matter of fact, I think.
1: So, yeah, we did an Alan Moore month where we compared the we did podcasts where we in the same podcast compared the comic to the movie.
0: Okay. So tonight we have another great representation of a comic book going to a film. And we're discussing the comic book here, which is Frank Miller's 300.
1: Let's go back to two years ago. We did Alan Moore month, and we all enjoyed it. And we thought, what can we do next year in 2017? I had planned to do in the month of September because there's not there's usually not a lot of good movies in the month of September. We were gonna do Frank Miller month. I, I ended up re, kind of going over what we were gonna do for Frank Miller month, and it, it just trying to squeeze. We were going to do, like, Sin City and all of that, and and it became a little overwhelming, at least for me, to try to figure out how to get all the Sin City books into one podcast and the movie. And I thought, we're not really doing either justice by trying to squeeze all of this content into one podcast. So, I so and then the rest of what we we're going to do for Frank Miller Month just didn't seem fun to me. So I was like, all right, let's just not do this. But I still want to do 300 because I love the movie. I think it would be fun to read the comic because I'd never read it before. And that became the genesis of doing this. So I, we just scrapped Frank Miller Month. We moved... 300 reviewing 300 to 2018, and we decided we we're going to put it on trial. And since we were putting it on trial, we thought, well, in the same week, then we'll review the comic. Okay, can I, we talk now about what I would like to schedule for the last six months of Mark no, we'll
2: to Florida.
1: <laughs>
0: the title? 300 that's how many dates Mark <laughs> likes to schedule. 20 and, years
1: uh, Mark is scheduled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, a
1: very organized
2: person,
0: indeed, indeed. Google Calendar. I mean, come on. They kicked him you. out. <laughs>
2: like, no, no. There's,
0: there's a little there's a little uh, a notification that pops up on his phone. Sir, you have not scheduled at least five things today. Are you okay? Do you feel all right? Now, so we've discussed why we're doing the book tonight. So our, our next thing I I guess is to kind of give you an idea of the background of this comic, who made it, when it came out. Now this was a Frank Miller uh, wrote the story, laid down the pencils, and we got paints by Lynn Varley, which just clicking on the name here on the wiki, comic book colorist. Eisner award-winning colorist notable for her collaborations with her former husband, Frank Miller, uh, whom she divorced in 2005. Well, that's, that's something I learned right there. (laughs) That that was a sad ending. (laughs) It was. She provided coloring for Miller's Ronin 1984, which I've heard is very good. I think that comes highly recommended by, Benjamin J. Cologne, he said to check that out. Uh, And uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again, she's, yeah, uh, her and Frank Miller apparently go hand in hand, literally and figuratively within the last uh, uh, good bit of comic book history. So, okay, so there you go. There's your creative team behind this. This came out in 1998. And one of the other things I want to point out here is this book actually came out in a a different format. Uh, And when I say that, it, it was actually... I want to say, very similar to... Well, they say it's landscape format. That's the best way. But it's very much like widescreen. When you... Look at the book. Mark, do you actually have actually have a physical copy of it there?
1: I do have a physical copy of it.
0: And is it are all the pages sideways landscape format? Or is it yes,
1: yes, it is it is like a coffee table book.
0: Any have you ever seen any other comic books like that before?
1: No, it really made it a nice little treasure to have.
0: Yeah, it's that's pretty interesting. I mean, there's been some books that have done landscape format. I can remember an issue, I think it was of X Force and Spider Man or something like that, yeah. where was
2: that the one with Juggernaut?
0: Eh, it's been a while since I read it. Uh I, I know it came was, out.
2: No juggernaut. Yeah.
0: It was was life out art. I do recall that for sure. There's lots
2: of diamond feet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it, it's an interesting format. This came out in 98. I mean, I don't think that was unheard of back then, but you just didn't see it a lot, kind of a rarity. So let's go ahead. We'll get into the synopsis of this book. Now, this is based upon real events that's happened in history. Uh, and I'm going to read straight from the wiki here, and I'm going to synopsis this whole thing. And then what we'll do is we'll kind of get into the characters, a little bit about the characters, and maybe give our pros and cons of the book. Real short, sweet episode. All right, so here's the synopsis. In 480 BC, King Leonidas of Sparta gathers 300 of his best men to fight the upcoming Persian invasion. In what is likely a suicide mission, they and their allies plan to stop King Xerxes' invasion of Greece at the narrow cliffs of the Hot Gates. Uh, which is uh, Thermopylae, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Apparently that's the name, the actual name of the place they were at. Uh, the terrain prevents the Greeks from being overwhelmed by Xerxes' superior numbers, a military tactic u- usually called defeat and detail. Before the battle starts, Ephialtes, if- a deformed Spartan, begs Leonidas to let him fight, but is rejected due to his hunchbacked form, which prevents him from lifting his shield high enough to be of use for the phalanx. Ephialtes becomes so desperate by Leonidas's so desperate by Leonidas' refusal that he throws himself off of a cliff, which was a surprise to me in the book, where I'm just like, oh, that guy's dead. That's unfortunate. But lo and behold, the <laughs> Spartans and their allies successfully hold off the Persians for two days and nights. During a break in the fighting, Xerxes meets with Leonidas and offers wealth and power in exchange for his surrender. Leonidas declines and the battle continues. Meanwhile, Ephialtes... Awakes from his failed suicide attempt and decides to betray the Greeks by telling the Persians about the existence of a small pass that allows Xerxes to attack them from behind learning of the Persian maneuvers, the Greeks realize their position is now indefensible, but the Spartans and a few others refuse to retreat. Before engaging the Persians for the last time, Leonidas orders one Spartan, Delios, or he says, he tells Delios, look, you need to go home, that at least somebody can survive to tell the story of what's about to happen here. Now, on the third day, Xerxes has the Spartans surrounded, their remaining allies already dead, the Thespians. He gives Leonidas one final chance to surrender and kneel to him. After some hesitation, Leonidas finally complies and throws down his arms and kneels. This, however, is a trick by Leonidas and signals Stelios, there we go, a loyal Spartan soldier to jump from his back and kill a general. That's the guy they kept calling Stumblios. Stelios jumps from Leonidas's back and uh, kills a general. The Spartans then engage in this huge battle. Leonidas throws his spear at Xerxes, intending to make the god-king bleed and succeeds. The Spartans are killed to the last man by a storm of arrows. The story then shifts about a year later and ends as now Captain Delios relates the heroic sacrifice of Leonidas and his Spartan comrades to his troops before the historic battle of Plataea. Something. Plata. Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> Perry the platypus. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: Uh, so anyway, yes. So there you go. That's that is. 300 in a nutshell. It's it's a fairly simple story. I mean, we have this group of 300 Spartans, and their whole job is to just head off this a massive. It is a massive army that is coming to conquer their land, uh, and they are completely outnumbered. So I guess let's go ahead and we'll get into our characters here and see what you guys. I mean, if you guys have anything to say about them, great. If not, we'll move on. Let's talk about Leonidas. Uh, Mark, I mean, what do you what do you think of the character of Leonidas here?
1: Well, I mean, he's really the star of our show. And he's great, you know? My favorite part of this book is when he confronts Zer- uh, Xerxes, and I think it was also one of my favorite parts of the movie. And Xerxes is like, but I'm a benevolent god. All you have to do is kneel and I will give you everything you desire. You want freedom? You'll have freedom. You'll be, we will let, the, the, the country of Greece will be yours to control. You just have to acknowledge that I'm God. And, Leon- and, and Leonidas really, like, just rejects everything about this guy. Is like, no, we will not live underfoot. We will not take any any deal that in any way puts Greece in, in the purview of Persia. You know, any and, and the thing of it is, is that he's facing death. They're never gonna they're never gonna beat that army. It's huge.
0: It is, dude. It's unreal <laughs> because I mean they've got I don't know how many tens of thousands of people and this is a this is not even half a thousand of their own soldiers to try and face off all of these warriors that are coming their way. I mean, you know, you're not coming out of there. The likelihood of you leaving is probably less than less than nil. It's a suicide mission. But you have to do this and make a statement. Right. But, and, and,
1: and that's the thing is, like, I think going into this, he knows we're never going to get out of this alive. But that's not the point. The point is to inspire the rest of Greece to come together and become the nation that it's destined to become and not live underfoot of the Persians. And they're not ready to make that leap until the 300 sacrifice themselves in glorious battle. And, and that's what makes him such a compelling character. He really does make like the ultimate sacrifice for what he believes to be the greater good. And what you could argue is the greater good. I mean, it's not like, you know, Greece is low on contributions to the world. They, you know, they, they kind of invented civilization, as they say. And that's yes, fucking... Um... What- <laughs> that's that's from the wire that's from the wire
2: Um, of course it is i mean uh. ronnie why haven't you watched the wire (laughs) well
0: <laughs> Exhibit A.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Anyway, uh, no, Leonidas, as portrayed in this graphic novel and subsequently in the movie, is really one of the great heroes of uh, literature, fictional literature, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
0: F- f- fictional? This isn't. This isn't fictional. Well, this isn't fictional well, literature. It's a
2: fictional take on on real events. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, they didn't take on army of, of tens of thousands of people or however many it was and, and, and whittle them down like they did. But it was a great battle and it was, you know, you know, they did do a lot of things, you know, great. You know, they did fight a good fight in it, but it wasn't as dramatic as you would think.
0: Okay. Well, I, I like I said, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm learning stuff here. I actually thought this was a representation of what actually happened. Uh, so it wasn't actually 300 versus... Well, there this, were, I, mean, there were,
2: I think there were around 300, actual 300 Spartans. But it, like I said, it wasn't as dramatic as they made it out to be in the story or okay. in the movie or anything like that. Um, It was definitely against all odds, and they found that out. And they did inspire kind of a revolution to fight against, you know, basically... Tyranny. You know, tyranny, slavery, whatever else you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was, uh, you know... It, it, there were many liberties taken with the story. Names and faces, names have been changed to protect the innocent, kind of thing. <laughs>
0: Liberties have been taken. Liberties have
2: been taken in okay. liberally.
0: All right. When yeah, was I wasn't kid. suggesting
2: there wasn't a King
1: Leonidas. I'm saying. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I just that to that. be clear about that.
0: I just didn't know. I thought that this battle. Well, that Mark
2: occurred, said there wasn't a King Leonidas. <laughs> I, I
0: mm-hmm. didn't know that this battle was. I thought this was actually, you know, a good, a faithful representation of what happened. But if if this was more dramatic or more exaggerated, that was one of the words. That I saw then, you know, I could understand that. Uh clearly we're here to tell a good story. That's what comics is yeah, about. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Anytime you have Hollywood or if you have some, you know, an artist, we'll just say an artist taking taking a story that that happened, that really happened, they're going to take some liberties with it. I mean, you look at shoot, look at all the all the Bible, you know, movies based on the Bible. If there were some definite liberties taken in in some of those. Noah, for for instance, that was just a terrible movie. That's a horrible, horrible, (laughs) um, you know, example. But you know, you know, when there's history, history can be boring. I love history. I love reading about you know World War II. I love reading about the Vietnam War, biblical history, thing, you know, just any kind of history. Right now, um, one of the games I'm playing is actually uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, and it's got me you know looking into Egyptian history. To the public, it's not going to be as awesome as i think it is so there's going to be some liberties taking some um some extra drama and action and, and things added in to quench that uh, that thirst we have for high drama action. and an action and yeah. Yeah.
0: well here i i've followed the link from the wiki to the battle of Thermopylae. according to this is how Thermopylae. Now, Mark, I won't. I won't just. I won't sit here and read to you the translation that Wikipedia has because it is indirect. It is directly saying it's Thermopylae, but sir, I'll call it Thermopylae. Thermopylae. <laughs> sure. Thermopylae. Oh my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> it, all right. So it's a Persian army alleged by the ancient sources to have numbered over 1 million, but today considered to have been much smaller. Various figures have been given by scholars ranging between 100,000 to 150,000 arrived at the pass in late August, early September. The vastly outnumbered Greeks held off the Persians for seven days, including three of before the rear guard was annihilated in one of the history's most famous last stands. During two full days of battle, the small force led by Leonidas blocked the only road by which the massive Persian army could pass. After the second day, a local resident named Ephelites, I pronounced it totally yep. differently. early. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I feel crazy Roman names. I feel you.
1: Is that his oh, own? Greek
0: name! Affiliates, I feel you. Ephaltes, <laughs> I felt Eph- you up. Uh, F- Ephialtes <laughs> betrayed the Greeks by revealing I feel, that small path I totally led behind the Greek mean. lines. <laughs> <laughs> Leonidas, aware that his force was being outflanked, dismissed the bulk of the Greek army and remained to guard the retreat with 300 Spartans, 700 Thespians, and, and 400 Thebans fighting to the death. Okay, there we go. So that is history yep. according to Wiki right there. Yeah, see? Sure. Yeah, see? Sing it to me, Ronnie Adams. All right. I don't feel like it now. <laughs> good. You break that's my very my That's very good. Let's keep it that way. Shut up, Jesse! <laughs> Ronnie Adams, anything yeah, so else you'd like to say about King Leonidas uh, as portrayed in the book Three Hundred?
2: You won't catch me saying this again. I agree wholeheartedly with uh, <laughs> with Mark. I mean, he was he was he is a great hero. Stood to the death. He went down with the ship. He he commanded his army to the end. You know, that's something that that you know as a man you kind of dream of that. You know, of being the hero. Being the hero. Yeah. Well, you know, no what no no matter what the cost, personal cost, whatever. He was the hero of the day of the century of whatever. I mean, my goodness, uh, just short stories that were written by, you know, written down by hand have been passed through the years. You know, we've got movies and comic books and and uh, I'm sure there's literature out there about him. He is, for all intents and purposes, immortal. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still talking about it to this day. How long ago was that? You know, what year, you know, according to Wikipedia, what year was that?
0: Yeah, that was 480 BC. I exactly mean Exactly
2: before Christ, 400, yeah. you know, almost 500 years before the birth of Christ. So it's one of those things where, like, man, are people going to be talking about me 500 years
0: that's from a, now, dude? That's a legend. I mean, you know, well, it literally and, you know, is a legend.
2: That, uh, okay, 2500 years, 480 BC, and then you go to zero uh, AD, and then you go up. You know, we're in twenty, you know, 2018 now. Yeah. So 2500 years. People are still talking about this man. He's a legend. He's immortal. Exactly. So,
0: I think it was interesting to see a little bit of the backstory like I've alluded to earlier on King Leonidas of, you know, as a kid and all these tales that have been yeah. told uh, of how he, you know, the warrior that he came to be. I think that was that was kind of neat as portrayed in the comic book here. Uh, you know, I I enjoyed the way that they I enjoyed the way they portrayed him, you know, as this in the movie was like a two story tall wolf, too. I mean, it was crazy. big. Well, I was <laughs> going to say he looks pretty huge compared to the kid. Um mm. when he, when that story's being told. I also I, want to go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I just don't have the
2: book in front of me, so I don't know uh what the what it was you know what it looked yeah. like there.
0: Well, also I think the important thing that they It,
2: like, it
1: really didn't look all that different.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it was huge compared to the kid. I mean, obviously if this kid was going to fight, you know, some wolf that was coming at him, uh, you know, as as a younger kid, you're it's anything the wolf's going to look huge to you, you know? So anyway, I wanted to talk about just real quick uh, and mention about the, he, he was a great leader and he had a little bit of compassion uh, as mm-hmm. well. And they made sure to kind of put that out there. Frank Miller made sure to kind of show in some instances, I mean, all this, all this great, uh, this great battle that's about to happen, and he knows what's going to happen. He's rather firm with most of his the people that are you know serving under him uh, in in the army, but you can see that there's that bit of compassion like he had with Stel- I want to call him Stelios. Hold on, make sure I got that right. Yeah, with Stelios, where he seems to be. I won't I not want to call him the runt of the litter, but you know they they kind of follow his progress through the army. Or their march or whatever. And mm. Stelios is kind of picked on. Uh, he falls down. And like I said, they, they're calling him nicknamed Stumblios. And King Leonidas sees in him a, a a loyal person, a loyal mm. warrior. Uh, hence, like we mentioned in the synopsis, where he's the one that kind of enacts that war that, that comes out. I mean, he's the one that kills the general. Uh, but yeah, it, a couple times where King Leonidas sees Stelios and and makes sure that all the other Spartans, even though they are continually disrespectful, <coughs> they need to uh, they need to have some respect for Stelios and what he's doing with them. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was one thing I took away from it. You, you know, we got this great king. He can be compassionate when need be. Uh, and he he did that. Uh, so, okay, next next character. I mean, it, it's kind of a one-note character, but if you guys have anything to say about them, great. Mark, you got anything to say about Xerxes, our, our leader of the large, this huge army that's coming after the Spartans?
1: The best villains are the ones that think they're in the right. And, you know, he has sort of you know, divine right thing going on where he believes he is the master of you know of the universe and you know he's he's a he's a fun villain character. You know, he was just like, look, you know, it is our destiny to 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 conquer europe we need greece to be a part of that i'm giving you an opportunity to continue to be the warlord of greece i'm giving you riches you know he says he does the same thing with the uh, the hunchback you know it's like i'll give you every you know join me and get me to where i need to be and i'll give you everything you ever wanted
0: he's kind of a fun
1: character that way
0: the only crime that i could see that he was doing i mean he wasn't a real (sighs) despot of a leader He just, I think, believed himself a God throughout the book. He continues to say, hey, I'm benevolent. You know, I'll give you what you want. All you got to do is kneel. All you got to serve me. And that's the one crime that he does throughout this whole book is he's asking the other people to give up their freedom and serve him and do his bidding. That's it. I mean, they're really, uh, and of course, you know, like you
1: do. I I mean, a little bit at the beginning of the book where they're just like, no, you know, to, to march against the Persian army is to bring, is to bring death to us all, you know, it's better to just sort of let them in and, you know, let, let's see if we can find, you know, a peace with them somehow. You know, happiness and slavery, that sort of thing. It, looking at it from the eyes of 21st century men, men who send dick pics... Um you know, it,
2: it, it can, not
0: me. <laughs>
2: yeah, you can count me on, on that. One too. Yeah, I think we can
1: all agree, isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Um, <laughs> you've seen Monty Python, you know that.
2: Yeah, guy, but Ronnie. you do these things just to get that reaction out of me. <laughs> oh man
1: i think we all know the answer i think through the eyes of 21st century people sure anyone that's marching millions of people to their death across the plains you know to for war and profit would be seen as evil but i think you know in days of antiquity that's what you did you built up your civilization, and in order to feed your people, you conquered more land. You conquered more land and you built a bigger civilization. And in many ways, you incorporated the places that you conquered into your greater civilization and you made gains from it. Rome would not be the Rome we all know and love today without a lot of the territory that they conquered outside of Rome. Mm-hmm. Those places contributed to Roman culture. You know, is he, is, is Xerxes. Terrible by you know the culture of that era, maybe maybe not. I I think it's very easy to cast him in that light, sitting in our you know twenty first century houses, you know with with twenty first century ideals.
2: Well, I mean, I get I I get what you're saying. Absolutely, that's what you did back then. You know, yeah, you
0: you kind of said something like about I, I mentioned that he was a despot, and you were like, well, he is. Was yeah. there something you wanted to piggyback well, off that? I
2: mean, he made people carry him. He called himself okay. a god. Okay. You know, um, Point he, taken. He he viewed himself as divine and above all you know, above all the people that he quote unquote ruled over. Really honestly, you know, their lives were forfeit, no matter what. It didn't matter. I'm gonna take what I want. You know, it's like me walking in your house and you saying, Hey, you know don't take that because it's my kids well i'll make you a deal i'm going to take it and you know you can go along with it and you know i'm going to take this game gaming system and you can go along with it and just you know realize it's for the for the better and you can come over to the house and play it all you want you know when i when i allow you to that is but if you tell me no i'm just going to kick the crap out of you and take it and make your kid cry you know, it, it's, you know, it's a ridiculous example, but it's kind of the same thing. Is I'm it? going to take what I want, no matter what. Is it? I, I, well, that's the, that's the, that's what he laid down for. Him. We're going to take your land no matter what. Um, So you can be happy about it, or we're going to rape and pillage our way through your land. Take it anyway, and you're going to be dead.
0: I did want to bring up the panel. I'm sharing it right now on screen. I don't know if uh, you guys have your screens up in front of you, but I did notice when Xerxes, just like you were talking about, I you know I forgot all about him being carried around because that really stuck out. When he, he used people as steps, King Leonidas stands there, and there are I mean I don't know how many people have to carry this huge. It's not just a throne; it's freaking stairs and like four statues i mean it's insane
2: it's his throne room yeah and these it's not just him sitting on a chair and them carrying him like you see in movies and stuff like that it's an entire room that they have that you know he has uh, you know multiple people carrying around just for his comfort
0: that's crazy is it (laughs) who are you (laughs) well what you have mark do you have people carrying you around your work
1: and i don't believe i'm a god i'm just the jew we're the chosen people (laughs) but
0: i never said we were god (laughs) Uh, i don't know how to argue that don't don't (laughs) do not Um, that's my
1: point like if you believe you're i mean come on man live the gimmick if you believe yourself to be a god then why wouldn't you demand your followers carry you around in the throne mark if
2: if i came up to you and said you're going to be one of my people that carry me around because i believe that i am a god what would you say to me i would say to
1: you randy macho man savage
2: oh
0: yeah
1: did he was he not carried around by lesser wrestlers because he was king macho man
2: i believe he was
0: that's not, wrestling not, not we're smart- at all. <laughs> he didn't not, say
2: you're going to carry around but I'm, if you don't I'm going to you no know, uh, that's it, that's ridiculous no it's the exact same thing no he it's believed, not he was the king and,
1: and and these other wrestlers were less than and so they carried him to the ring because he was godly
2: mm. oh my gosh this, no you can't compare wrestling to somebody who actually thinks that they In are a god
1: we can no you In can't both,
2: yes you can
1: in I mean, both- you can because you
2: did, but it's not correct.
1: <laughs> no, it is correct. Shut up, Mark! <laughs> <laughs> both case- Why are we arguing this? But in both cases, you have somebody who is clearly a human being, just a regular Joe, who is saying, no, I'm better than all of you. I'm better than all of you, and I can prove it, and I can back up that proof. And he does. Clearly, look, millions of people, whether you know by the whip or by choice, were following him, and, and you know, at, at any given time, all of those people could have kind of looked at each other and said, why are we doing this? And dumped him on his, on, on his uh, ass of a tea kettle on his dome piece. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They carried him the whole way. Clearly, they believed. Just oh, they like all those jobbers go. believed that King Macho Man no, was in fact they the believed king. in a paycheck. <laughs> Either way, paycheck. Oh, no,
0: ble- pay- no, no, Whoa. no, a, no. No. That's pay. not true.
1: I believe in the power of money. Being a Jew. <laughs> oh wow
0: (laughs) we didn't need to go there i mean there there was no i mean do we need to go a lot of places at mark Texas? no strap in
1: it's Uh, like the cab ride from hell isn't it
2: oh wow oh my god and i'm screaming the whole way
1: (laughs) everything i say is right
0: okay no i think (laughs) the no sir the main point of the the difference i should say between xerxes and king leonidas uh is that fight for freedom.
2: One rules with... The mall. I don't want to say... Com- <laughs>
0: I don't want to say <laughs>
2: compassion, but one rules because he's a good man and the other one rules out of fear. Really? And that, I, it, I think the Persians would disagree with you. I, I see Mark, where you're you just from. say things to make me angry. About.
0: I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I... I...
2: Oh, I you agree with Mark. I s- no.
0: I swear I swear I, I I see where both of you co- are coming from. Mark. No. Okay.
2: you think you were Swiss? i am a cheese i
0: am rather <laughs> neutral here uh so uh um. no i see where both of you guys are coming from we'll move on all right so we talked about leonidas xerxes the villain uh of the piece or the oh, hero i knew it xerxes
2: is um, oh my i'm let's talk about the <laughs> crap out of you
0: Let's talk about the plight of the Spartans, okay? The the life of a Spartan warrior, which they kind of touch on here in in the book. I mean, uh, Mark Do they really have a plight? What, what I can see this. I can see that coming. <laughs> Or they talk they were, there. There's a, a few panels, a couple pages talking about these warriors in training. I mean, bred to be a warrior, practically. If you're a Spartan,
1: mm. nope. It's that was the that was the culture of that area. There's something to be said for uh, a a warrior culture. You know, breeding people up, you know, from birth to be a certain thing. And it's not like it's it was an abandoned concept. I mean, I remember reading about the Soviet Union and you know deciding who was going to be what at birth. You oh know? wow! So yeah, that's that's how the Soviet Union
0: was. No kidding. So,
1: and and you know, and other cultures have, have done similar things where you know where again at birth certain things are decided for you, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's there's value in raising boys to be soldiers. You know when you know as they become adult men, especially when you know it, you're a small nation fending off all comers from all sides. Uh, and obviously, you know, to a degree, it works. You know, these these were fierce fighters. And and the other thing about that is, it, it's it's important to remember, fighting for something, fighting for something gives you strength. You know, if you're just sort of uh, drafted into an army and told go fight that way. You're not going to be nearly as effective for those who believe in a cause, you know, believe in their people, etc. And I think that's what ultimately is a big part of the story of the 300 is it wasn't that they weren't just fighting for land. They, they were fighting because they were Spartans and this was Spartan. Uh, This was Spartan land. This is what they believed in. This was in their blood. There's a lot to be said for that. You know, uh, the American military is one of the is, I think, one of the few really on, on Earth that they're not just fighting in an army. They're fighting in the American army. You hear a lot of soldiers talk about that, like that they. And when they when they feel like they they don't have a reason to fight, how negatively it affects them. You know, you look at a lot of the guys that fought in the last couple of modern wars where they really felt like there was something to be fighting for versus a lot of the people that went to Vietnam, where they had no fucking clue what they were fighting for. And it, it kind of all goes into the ditch. It's a very over, it's a very oversimplified way of looking at it. But, you know, it goes back, again, it goes back to the idea of, you know, it's not enough to just be a soldier, you know, and be part of an army. You have to believe in what it is you're fighting for.
2: I remember taking a test in high school, and it was supposed to tell me what I was good at and what I was supposed to be when I grew up. And I don't even remember what it said. Probably a janitor or something. Not that there's anything wrong with the custodial arts. Was it podcast host? No, no. You can (laughs) tell that by the way I host podcasts. Um, (laughs) But,
0: um. (laughs) Unorganized!
2: (laughs) But, um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it, it kind of puts me in the mind of that, but uh, because they didn't have a choice. No matter what that test said, I knew I still had a choice of what I went to school for, what I was passionate about. I didn't have to listen to that. They had no choice. When they were born, They if they were strong enough, if they weren't, quote unquote, the run of the litter, uh, a spear and a sword were shoved in their hand and they were trained at birth. You know, and it was it was a culture. It was it was a life. It was there was no questions asked. And it wasn't just because they, you know, um, they were all about bloodshed or anything like that. It was it was who they were when you're when you're a soldier a lot of times you know you have that that mindset of this is who I am this is my family you know these are my brothers my brothers in arms there's there's really something to like you said there's something to be said about that because they believed they knew and they lived being a warrior being being a fighter being willing to give up their life to defend what they had and and the people that you know in their family that they loved
0: let me kind of segue into our next character and our final character that we'll kind of we'll talk about and then we'll move on to our cons and pros here one part of the spartan culture was getting rid of their uh defected at birth um i've got the i've got the page up here right now where they talk about how you know if you had some kind of deformity or something you're just chucked off a cliff (laughs) Now, granted, there was some there was some flaws in the way they thought too, <laughs> but that leads us to the uh, the the traitor of the story. Uh, and let me see if I can pronounce his name right again. feltis. If, if, if he's the deformed. Uh, I, I've got a great picture of him here. He's the deformed Spartan who wants to serve under King Leonidas. He was led to. He was allowed to live because I think his father struck some kind of a deal where he would like leave the land, become a farmer or something like that. Or maybe you took him out of secrecy and, and hit him. But uh, regardless, all that field wants to do is serve under King Leonidas and be a warrior. But because of his physical attributes and his deformity, I mean, this right here is chapter three glory. He ain't pretty. He's not pretty. And he's a hunchback, you know, he's
2: his he helmet looked. doesn't fit Right. <laughs>
0: It's pretty grotesque.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: And all he wants to do is serve. And King Leonidas is like, look, you cannot do it you just there's no way you can raise your sword above your he actually has him do that raise your sword up so uh so and so high and because raise
1: your hand
0: <laughs> raise your shield i think is what it is but it, because he can't do that He'd be a part of the phalanx exactly he there's yeah. there's a weak spot he becomes the weak spot uh so he's like sorry we can't use you and he decides to go and kill himself mark i like guess you I'll, like you do i'll start with you i mean do you do you blame if is here for what he did by turning on the Spartans?
1: No, no, not at all. What, it, what did he have to lose or uh, what did he have to lose by turning on the Spartans? He'd already been rejected from the society. You know, the one thing that would have given his life any bit of meaning was taken from him. Might as well go, you know, see what he can get from the other side. You know, okay. who, who, who at the end of the day, you, you know, you have to look out for yourself. Especially when you know when your entire universe has rejected you, you know who wouldn't take that deal. He had nothing to lose. It was like, here, everything you ever wanted in life. Just show us where the back door is to fuck these people, and and we'll go fuck them in the back door.
2: Um, <laughs> God's name what's wrong with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot, he, he did say earlier a lot of fucking in the butt, and by golly, that's what happened, Jesse. <laughs>
2: Do not encourage him.
0: <laughs> oh, what Ronnie! I, what, what, them did, hot hot gates. Them hot hot gates penetrate <laughs> those hot gates. <laughs> you know. <sighs> Shut up. Uh, all right. Ronnie, okay. Ronnie, do you agree with Mark here in regards? When I say that was wrong. Now, what do you agree? Do you, do you feel that uh, you blame if fealty's here?
2: Yes. I don't, I don't think anything you said was wrong. I, I believe that people really, you know, feel like that. And in, in, in some cases, you know, for some people that may be true. But if you really wanted to be a part of this brotherhood, if you really loved who he was, granted, yes, um, he was rejected, and yes, he he felt rejected. And would I do the same thing? I would like to say no, but uh, if he if he really wanted to. What's the word I'm looking for? If he wanted to prove himself to King Leonidas, he would have never taken that deal. He could have gone back and and told King Leonidas and and, and said, "Hey, this is what they, they, you know, they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get me to spill the beans." And um, spill the beans. What am I like ninety? Spill the beans. Uh, they're yes. trying to get me to to rat you out. And he could, you know, there's there's a million other things that he could have done for the the army and been a part of it. You, you know, dirty rat. Um, there's there's other things that he could have been you know, he could have been, you know, an advisor. He could have been anything. But no, he chose to have a pity party, throw himself off a cliff. And when that didn't work, (laughs) he's like, well, you know, screw them. They're going (laughs) to be like, well, then I'll just betray him. And I think he's a coward.
0: Sorry. I want to blame this guy. I do. I have a hard time doing it. Yeah.
2: I I I really do because I feel sorry for the character. Yeah, he's a sympathetic character. He's a very sympathetic character. And I think he's a sympathetic character up until the point he betrays the people that he was trying to serve. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he no longer becomes a sympathetic character. Um, He just becomes a coward.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about the story as a whole. We'll give our cons and our pros. Let's start with our cons here. Too much like, male nudity. Oh, come on now. I, you mentioned no. that at, you mentioned that before we got into this, Ronnie Adams did say, I, I remember there being a lot of dong and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. Now the thing is that that really did not, And pardon the phrase, stick out to me (laughs) (laughs) as we were, as I was reading and believe it or not, I mean, it kind of, I kind of, I don't want to say I went searching for it, but I was like, okay, if this thing is littered with male nudity, I'm going to notice. Uh, But it really didn't seem like at least the artist, Frank Miller um, and his wife. I wanna call her Varney, it's not Varney, it's Lynn Varley. They didn't make it a point to make that extremely overt, like, hey, okay, here's a wiener and they so called it, you know, talking
2: about all of the guys that are just sitting, you know, laying around sleeping
0: i didn't see it it didn't it, it, it honestly dude i i didn't notice it it wasn't something that took me out of the book we'll just put it that way to where i was like oh my gosh
2: well i mean it didn't take me out of the book because i know they were you know a little weird back then yeah. but um, i
0: mean it was i'm sure it was perfectly fine was to go around culture, and, just toga but, and, and you know your well, junk I mean, hanging it, out.
2: yeah but it also i did go oh my gosh that's that's a whole lot of <laughs>
0: it's so, a, page. a lot of, yeah, yeah. Uh okay. All right. Uh Mark ralich cons of the book.
1: N- not enough male nudity. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> You're
2: an odd, odd man.
1: <laughs> actually, um, no, I uh I, I wasn't moved one way or the other by the male nudity. I here's what I actually did have a problem with though, and that is I wasn't really crazy about the artwork. Okay. Okay. Um I mean, I think there's a case we made for oh they were they, they were trying to make it look very artistic and and very stylized, but I think a lot of the panels just look shitty. Mm.
0: I wanted to save this question till the end, but since you brought up artwork, I want to go ahead and ask you now, because you've seen the movie. Ronnie, you've seen the movie, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have not. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show about how this being a very, very good example of source material. You've read from, the
2: book, so you've seen the movie.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, is the movie a very faithful representation of what we have art-wise in the book? Yeah. You, ooh, the movie's prettier. Is it? Okay. Yeah, Mark? much. Mark, you got an opinion on that?
1: I think Zack Snyder tried to make the movie look like the book. That was kind of the whole point of the style of the movie.
2: But but do you get what I'm saying? As a, as
0: prettier, prettier.
1: yeah. I think that what is the movie prettier than the book? Yeah, I would say so.
0: Okay, would you feel that uh, what we got was very much a panel to panel representation of what we read to film?
1: I would have to go back and look at the film again.
0: You're going to be doing um, that, as a matter of fact. Uh, yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't have an answer for it now, then all I ask that you do is just address it when you do the uh, on trial for it. I'll think, uh, I'll think about it. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> to say, okay, hey, I read the book. I know you're going to. You'll probably. He, make if you he can it. fit in his
2: schedule, he will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, just just. Try to remember, it would be great if you would make it a project, Mark Radlish, to have the book by your side while you're watching the movie just to kind of see if, oh, yeah, I can remember that panel. Because that was the big selling point of 300 that I always heard was, holy crap, this is like the book coming to life. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, the what he was trying to, you know, like Mark said, what he was trying to do was he's trying to make it, you know, the darker tones, the the, you know, the kind of um shadowy shots that he did and things like that. He was trying lots to make it lots, of, lots of red, lots of black, you know, um you know, not sepia but just, you know, just a darker darker tone. And, and by doing that, he made it look like the book I mean, I'll be honest, the, the the people in the book were absolutely just hideous to look at, um, especially Fill Me Up. What's his name? Um,
0: <laughs> he's he's Fill Me Up from here on out. I mean, we're never going to change that. <laughs> let history know. I'll edit the Wikipedia right now. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's, it's fieldies, fieldies, fieldies.
2: you know, you've got, yeah, you've got all these people. It, it, it was just it was so much so much prettier than the book and then and, and i mean i think he did a good job but from then on he kind of tried to make all these other movies like that too <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, i actually think he did i whoever directed um sin city i thought did a better job of making it look like a comic book come to life film yeah then i think
2: rodriguez
1: I don't I don't think Zack Snyder did as good a job as I guess Robert Rodriguez did for um
2: Sin City. Well Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller.
1: Like I said, I just I don't know. I, I I can see what they were going for with the book, and I can see what Zack Snyder was then in turn going for with the movie. I think the I think the movie stands actually apart from the book. I there's definitely some color palette similarities, but there's just a lot of very um nondescript sort of elementary artwork in this that i'm not really crazy about
0: okay hey you know what i like to hear as i like to hear mark radlich commenting on the art it's it's kind of nice to see feel comfortable enough to at least say hey i didn't like that art usually you
1: know you know i don't know art but i know what i like
0: uh, there you go there you go and that's what art's all about man in the in the honestly in the, what I've learned during this show is that there is a lot of interpretation that is all up to the reader, all up to the person that's enjoying it. The only thing we can I do agree, is just, I'm always right. And Ronnie isn't. Oh, jeez, Let's let's move on. <laughs> and, uh, <Yes>. let's. <laughs> the only con that I really came up with that I, I had listed is, I mean, it, the story itself may be somewhat historically inaccurate. Okay. We've already discussed that. And it, it may be pretty exaggerated.
2: Somewhat. He says, <laughs>
0: <laughs> may be pretty exaggerated, but in all honesty, uh, that is something I I don't really care about. I mean, it, it with it being may, maybe exaggerated, we've got to tell a story. We just discussed about how King Leonidas is a legend and has it's lived on for a thousand over a thousand years. That's insanity, and of course any any person that's going to tell the tale of King Leonidas is going to most likely embellish a little bit, uh, depending upon which side you're on, of course, as well. Uh, But Mm -hmm. you know, that's probably the most negative thing I can say. I really, when it comes to art, I didn't have much of a problem with it. We had, uh, you know, it was, it could, it was violent when it needed to be. There wasn't really anything that took me out of the story in regards to that. The story itself was pretty simple. Uh, So it's not like I had any issue with the plot, the characters. Uh, It was, is fairly it was it was fairly easy to tell. Uh, so my the only con that I could really come up with is the fact that, okay, well, maybe this isn't a, as historically accurate as it could possibly be, which is perfectly fine with me. It's a good tale to tell. Now let's get on to our pros, and uh, we'll, I'll start with you, mark. I mean, what what did you like about this book?
1: I like the story in and of itself. I like the, you know, the the odds are against the small army, but, you know, with grit and determination, they face off against impossible odds and they, you know, before they are ultimately decimated, you know, they get a few wins. You know, it's the it's the triumph of heart over uh, sheer volume and numbers. I like the idea of, you know, sacrificing yourself for the greater good and that, you know, and that they believed in something. They believed in what, in what they were doing, uh, even if it defied logic and, you know, and it meant the deaths of, you know, 300 good men. So um, it's 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 a it's a story I think we can all get behind.
0: <laughs> I'll just go ahead and I'll read exactly what I put here for my notes because it's almost going to match up with exactly what Mark just said. I, I put in here, although it's a relatively simple story. This is a historically relevant tale of how a small small army overcame seemingly insurmountable odds. Who cannot get behind that? You all uh,
2: schedule too much together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: So yeah, I mean it's. It, Who doesn't love a good underdog story?
0: It's David versus Exactly. Brian. exactly. You should
1: absolutely get behind the story in the back door.
0: <laughs> right at the hot gates.
2: <laughs> <There's> the,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Um <laughs>
2: <It> is. <laughs>
1: What is happening? It's awfully right nice to have a <laughs> dog.
0: <laughs> uh all right ronnie seriously though what, what'd what you like about the story dude
2: no i mean i i can echo you all all day long and i mean but i you know pretty much summed it up with who doesn't love a good underdog story mm-hmm. you know and and the fact that you can read this and go you know it may not all be true but it is based on some truth and it's amazing that these guys or this guy this man is, is that much of a legend that he's lived on this long in people's memories and in, in written written tales and people still are interested in 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 telling his story. So I, I just, you know, Frank Miller's always a good I mean, he always spends a good tale. Um, so it, it's just really well written um you know i could take or leave the art uh didn't really you know it doesn't really hurt me one way or the other but uh it it, it was just it was a well-written very easy to follow story
0: okay um i and apparently i've
2: bored mark <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. It's,
2: it's, I, it's... I covered
1: my mouth i apologize i was listening to you intently tell me more <laughs>
0: I think it's important to say uh, real quick, because we kind of left this out in our synopsis. You know, King and not only had the numbers game against him, he also had uh, somewhat of his own people against him. I don't know if you recall the, yeah. the part where he went to the oracle, and the oracle's like, "Hey, uh, you guys might want to think about not doing this because Xerxes is coming, and it's 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 not going to end well. Gross. Yeah, it's He's not going to end well. through your back door, <laughs> the hot gates. Jeez, oh, guard them hot <laughs> gates, or they will be open wide." <laughs>
2: So, well, <laughs> along with you all
0: uh so okay it's funny it is funny okay ladies and gentlemen <laughs> this this has been source materials coverage of frank the, miller's the hot, the hot gates the hot gates colon 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 the hot gates <laughs> The hot gates before the colon. Um boy Ronnie, this is getting bad. It's getting out of hand. Uh so this is this I'm has been our coverage. Here. Our coverage of 300. Let's go ahead. We'll get into plugs here. I don't have anything else unless you guys have any burning desires to talk about this book. I think we've covered everything. We'll start with Mark Radlich. Mark Radlich, what do we have on tap for this week? I'm opening up 300 week, I guess. I don't know if we're going to call it that. But either way, I get the first show for Monday talking about the 300. What else is on tap this week?
1: I am now going to read to you the entire schedule for the first five months
0: yes,
2: of the year. Yes, Here this we go. why
0: I let him go first, because Ronnie Adams <laughs> has to sit through it.
2: I'm hanging up. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: no. No. Don't
1: no. If you are listening to this when it airs on the Rattleton Broadcasting Network, uh, then tomorrow night uh, is the first on trial of the year. We'll be looking at the movie 300, as we've talked about this evening. And The Metal Hammer of Doom does its first release of 2018. Watane Trident Woof Eclipse.
2: <laughs> Had to think about that one, didn't you?
1: <laughs> um the following week, okay. source material, uh Gets, gets behind in the back door of the hot gates <laughs> the new cw <sighs> comic show black lightning by looking at black Night, lightning blah, 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 Bla- black, Bla- black lightning black lightning just in time for martin luther king jr day um black lightning oh, volume oh, one no, from no. the 70s <laughs> let's
0: see how it's i think that all up. It's a, <laughs> it's a tribute
1: A tribute we have a tv party tonight for the runaways which will have just ended um uh tuesday january 9th we'll cover it the following week
2: it's getting good um the mailhammer is that uh, like a mid-series or a season, or is that a season?
1: No, we're done. Okay. Wow. Metal Hammer of Doom we will be looking at the new Corrosion of Conformity. The following week, we'll be looking at the entire Tom King run of The Vision on source material. Uh, Jesse, at his insistence, we will be looking at The Orville Season 1 on the 23rd for a TV party tonight. And then Avatar, Avatar Country, that's a band, not the movie, on the Metal Hammer of Doom on the 24th of January. Jesse and I are are going to be taking over the Monday slot for our TV party tonight, Black Mirror Season 4, and just announced this past week they'll be doing an on-trial for The Godfather Part 3. Yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. That same week we'll be doing Machine Head Catharsis on the Metal Armor of Doom. In February, the month of love, uh, we'll be looking at Saga Volume One on February fifth. Alexis, this is this No, not you, Alexis. Not not the, my Amazon Echo. Turn turn off, Alexis. Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> Thank you, um, Alexa. Over here. No, not you, Alexa. Alexis. Uh, and I will be looking at TV parties, and I'm arguing with this machine now. We'll be looking.
2: Mine at- started talking
1: because apparently it heard you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll be looking at Pinky and the Brain Volume One. Uh, I just bought that entire series just in time for the whole thing to appear on Hulu. Lucky me. Oh, um, oh, nice. Yeah, well done. And then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we'll be looking at the new Leaves Eyes Sign of you know, Sign of the Dragon Head. Following week, just announced here on the schedule podcast, uh, <laughs> source material, Red Sun, the Superman is a comic Story. On trial will be Training Day featuring Oscar winner Denzel Washington, because King Kong ain't got nothing on me. And then we'll be looking at the Israeli heavy metal band Orphan Land uh, on Metal Hammer of Doom. On President's Day, we'll be doing Who is the Black Panther on source material. We'll be reviewing the new Black Panther movie on the 20th, much to Robert Winfrey's chagrin. And then on the 21st, we'll be reviewing Philip H. Anselmo and The Illegal, their new album. The following week is Pirates Week Part 2. We'll be looking at Aquaman Volume 1, The Trench, because Pirates and Aquaman kind of go together. Mm. Uh, Ronnie... Against His Better Judgment will be joining me on a TV party tonight for Black Sail Season 2. Mm-hmm. And then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we just had a little switcheroo. We're going to be looking at Rum Ahoy, The Triumph of Piracy, their debut album. That's That looks outstanding. In the month of March... Celebrating Women's Day, we'll have Alexis Haina on source material. We're going to finally get some vagina on this uh, sausage factory, this sausage party. Uh, We're going to look at Mockingbird, Volume 2, My Feminist Agenda. Uh, We're going to be reviewing the new Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. And on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we'll be looking at the new Andrew (laughs) W.K. and
2: Yes, another three two-hour song that's that's all it is
0: <laughs>
1: and then uh, finally we'll end the week with an on trial for death wish
0: should i keep going jesse no Ooh, man Where, where'd you where'd you finish out at
2: mid-march
0: wow and everybody listening is going what I, the dude does it happening? he doesn't he sits and he schedules that is why he is called the schedule i think i think we're good right now mark that's that is, <laughs> Plenty, that's plenty of uh, plenty. I
1: have shows scheduled all the way through the end of the year. I could read the whole calendar if you want. Not
0: lying, ladies and gentlemen. He is not lying. lying
1: Next year, Ronnie Adams in this podcast, I started scheduling for 2019 because I had a fun idea.
0: Oh, wow, Ronnie, save us. Do your plugs, man. I have a show called the Scream
2: Boy Podcast, and we have a lot of fun on there. We've got a couple of shows coming out. I'm having a little bit of trouble editing one of them, uh, but it'll be out soon. Where uh, Josh Calandros, Jesse Starcher, Adam Runyon, and myself talk about our favorite TV shows, uh, past and present. We run, we go through Runaways, uh, the first part of Runaways, Superstore. Adam had one that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was a lot of fun. We got to talk about, you know, those and, and you know, binge-worthy TV shows, basically. We just had another one where Jesse and I talked about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and I got to be passionate about my favorite, favorite movies, my favorite, uh, as much as I hate this word, fandom, um, and why I think people are wrong if they didn't like it. If not, not everybody, just the, you know, it, it, it's a whole thing, but uh, uh, we've got some, you know, we got some shows planned coming up. We just started live streaming again on Twitch. You can find me on Twitch at SBP, all capital SBP, Ronnie, Adam and I got on there and played a little PUBG, which is player unknowns battlegrounds, um, which can be horribly boring. If you don't uh, understand the, <laughs> and I was running the concept, cause there's I a lot of running in it. You're dropped on an island um, with nothing, and you have to gather weapons, and it's basically, if you've ever seen the movie Battle Royale, uh, you have to fight to the death uh, everybody on this island. It's usually about 100 people. I didn't
0: know that was a question. I I thought you were going to continue. Yes, I recall recall that movie. I know the concept.
2: Oh, no, that was just me explaining okay okay anyway um and then uh, i'll be live streaming some call of duty world war II, some assassin's creed origins and uh whatever else i can get my hands on really if i've got here at the house probably picking up star wars battlefront 2, much to uh my own chagrin i don't want to do that uh, because of ea not because of star wars
0: loot boxes
2: <sighs> oh, microtransactions out the yang
0: mm. uh so
2: i did the math and uh you have to on top of the money you spent for the the game which i have like a uh special edition that, you know, I put some money on and I can trade some games towards, uh, which is like 80 bucks or something like something stupid. You'd have to spend 1500 extra dollars to unlock everything. Jeez! Uh, and you, if you do it the old-fashioned way and just grind your way through the game, you have to grind for 40 hours to unlock, unlock oh, one, insanity. one character. one character. So EA, we'll probably do a show about it after I play it, but EA has gotten a lot of flack over that. Uh, so we've we'll, uh, we got some good stuff coming up. Like I said, we started uh, streaming again. Uh you can find us on social media, on uh, Facebook, just like look, look up Screaming Boy Podcast, Instagram at Screaming Boy Podcast, on Twitter at Screaming Boy PR. Uh, I'm going to a couple more cons this year. Uh, against my better judgment, I bought tickets to uh, I bought a ticket to the North Carolina Comic Con again, but this time it's in Raleigh. With the tickets, I do get to meet Kevin Eastman of Eastman and Laird. Oh, nice! And uh, you know, I get to you know say hi or whatever. You know, get spend, spend a few seconds with him, and he's going to sign something for me. I like the turtles. I like I like turtles. <laughs> and then um, and then he'll probably say, "Please escort this man away from me." <laughs> uh, and then I'm actually going to. SuperCon, uh, where some of the guests are Dave Bautista of wrestling and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy fame, uh, Sean Gunn, who is actually the brother of the Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, and he himself was actually played physically played Rocket on screen in the green in the green suit, and he also has been in um, the Belco Experiment, which is a really good movie, uh, and a few others, and um, Amy Jo Johnson, which was the original Pink Ranger, mm-hmm. and uh, William Shatner. Very cool. So, uh, so you'll be seeing some coverage on that as well. Other than that, um, if if you like us, go on Facebook and tell us, and uh, be tuning in because here in the next couple of days we'll be having a content drop. So, uh, be looking forward to that and. I think that's it for me.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, go give the Radelich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. You can find us on our home, blogtalkradio.com. Just search Radelich, and you can find all the great shows that we have to offer. Like I said, source material over 140-some episodes. So there's got to be something on there that you'd like to, maybe check out. Maybe you haven't read something and you'd like to hear uh, us gentlemen take you through a very civilized conversation about the book. As as you so witnessed tonight happen, uh, them hot, hot gates. Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, Let me just go ahead and I'll give you a quick rundown of what showed up in December. Maybe there's something you, you may like. Uh, we talked of, uh, about Punisher, welcome home, Frank. Uh we talked about the Princess Leia series. We talked about Manucci. <laughs> yes, we did.
1: Manucci got the ill communication. Manucci got the ill communication.
0: Oh, that was a great episode. You see how you made that. <laughs> We had Princess Leia. <laughs> Princess Leia, where we discussed uh, her adventures after Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, also, on Christmas Day, I had the opportunity to talk with... Hey, hey Jesse. Yeah.
1: Who was her second-in-command on that show? Who was, like, the...
0: Ivan! 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 press the hyperspace button. We got to get out of here. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, yes. You, you can hear all about Yvonne there and the Princess Leia. <laughs> and we, on Christmas Day, Pat Mullen and our good buddy from, I don't know if the Casual hearers are coming back ever. I have no idea. All of a sudden, their Facebook just lit up today. And, and, and I think they're teasing us. But Gavin Napier came on oh and we dear. talked. We talked about. <laughs> we, what did we talk about? We talked about. I want Lobo.
2: Lobo's. That's, I was going to call him Lobo. Paramilitary Thank you. Christmas Special.
0: Lobo's Paramilitary Christmas Special, which was a great comic book and a I great wasn't film. Even on the show and I know it.
2: didn't talk about nothing.
0: <laughs> a great. It was a great comic book, great film, and we also talked about uh, the. D- we had a, a list that we went through of DC holiday specials, and there was some very interesting material out there from this list. So check that out as well. I think that's about it. December was a fun month. We had a great time. Look forward to 2018. I do want to give a special shout out to our. Uh, com- you know, he's he's a co- he's a co-host. I think you guys are considered co-host. Anybody who comes on here as part of this uh, this podcast is considered a co-host. And that is our good buddy Josh Calandros. I think. For myself, Ronnie Adams, and Mark Ratlitch, we want to give you special thanks for, uh, let's just say, helping us out and in increasing our love of comics uh, by uh, giving us the opportunity to get some more comic books in our lives. So, Josh Calandris, thank you very much, sir, uh, from the Source Material podcast and, and our good buddies here. And we look forward to, again, talking, and bringing in new content to you guys next year. Well, not next year. That's that's Mark Ratlitch's territory. He's getting ready to schedule that. Don't worry. I'm talking about 2018. It's 2018. 2018 ladies and gentlemen that's ronnie adams that's mark radlich i'm jesse starcher ladies and gentlemen have a great evening Hack. did you
1: momentarily forget who
0: you were what's my name the hot hot gates isn't it awfully nice to have a piece in the show in the show jesse in the show <laughs> It is directly saying it's Thermopylae, but sir, I'll call it thermopoly. Thermopylae. <laughs> Thermopylae. Sure. Oh my gosh. Here we Lord. go. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're have you met people and how they
2: name their children anymore?
0: All right. The Battle of Thermopylae. Okay. A-I-M-E-E. Amy. Okay. My
1: favorite it, is Famali. You know what Famali is? No. No, it's female. Oh, jeez. Oh, Lord. Famali. <laughs> uh. I, I know people who have named their child or thought the hospital named their child Famali. <laughs> and just went with it. <laughs> Carolina, ba Because I live in North Have
2: Carolina. Have
0: you ever glowed so good? So good. 480 BC. So we're talking about the hot gates here. Yeah. Uh, the, the Persian. Those hot, <laughs> Those hot, <laughs> hot, hot <laughs> gates. Those hot gates. Those <laughs> 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 The Persian. I'm so sorry. The... <laughs> 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 I want to put my 300. Ah! <laughs> so them hot <laughs> the tears alleged by the we ancient Caroline oh, <laughs> just wanna, <laughs> just one of uh, one paragraph that's all it is Price <laughs> and then we'll get back to the comic oh, all <laughs> I want to
1: do is have some fun I got a feeling hey, I'm not, I'm not that the bad. only
2: one that will definitely Sir, end. everything we do in this show is necessary. Everything. <laughs> the 300. need
1: Caroline. Except for that.
2: <laughs> That's awful.
1: Black, 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 black number one. Wow. Uh, black lightning. Just in time for Martin Luther King Jr. Day.
0: And now, Ronnie Adams with unorganized power metal you need to stop it no no why not read (laughs) your (laughs) paragraph yeah (laughs) oh i'm gonna you (laughs) crazy roman names (laughs) shut up jesse you have a problem (laughs) yeah get on with it shut up mark let me argue no way (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to hear that
1: now who's disrupting
2: the podcast you are
0: unorganized SHUT UP! It's... IN THE SHOW! It's THE SHOW, JESSE! IN THE SHOW! <laughs>